Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So first of all, I want to acknowledge something, and, and that is that you may think that I'm going to talk about the Camino every single week for the next year, and um, that's not going to be the case. <laughs> the Camino will come up. But while I was on the Camino, <clears throat> one of the things that I did is I ended up listening to a lot of podcasts. I, well, so there's a lot of things I listened to. I listened to a lot of Dolly Parton. I, I called those days when I was listening to Dolly Parton music on the way, I call those St. Dolly days. <clears throat> um, I, but I listened to some podcasts. I listened to um, a couple books, audio books. I also started listening to, uh, uh, from, from, from starting with Genesis 1-1, I started listening to the entire uh, Bible, uh, read by David Suchet, if you know the actor David Suchet. Oh my gosh, hearing him read, it's like heaven. Um, but one of the podcasts, one of, the, one of my favorite podcasts uh, is a podcast called The Illusionist. The Illusionist, with an A, not like illusion. Um, <laughs> Allusion. Uh, it's a podcast that's all about language. It's all about words. And there is, uh, there was one episode that I heard, and actually, I, this was many years ago that I recall this episode. It was not one that I listened to on the Camino, but as a tie-in. There was an episode that I listened to that talked about the nature of the dictionary. Uh-oh. I don't know why, uh-oh. <laughs> and one of the things that it said, and, 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 and I'm really struck by this because it made me really kind of rethink an approach I used to have. The nature of the dictionary is that it is, it is descriptive, not prescriptive, but many people use it in a prescriptive way, as though that is the law, it's written in the dictionary, and that's the only way that we can utilize language. But that's not true. Language is shifting and changing all the time, just like we are. So the dictionary is descriptive. There's a great example of this. There's a great example of this. So the word literally doesn't mean literally anymore. <laughs> and that's how it's indicated in the dictionary. The word literally, if you look it up in Merriam-Webster, it literally has its literal meaning and its figurative meaning. It means both things. It means exactly the opposite. Literal means exactly the opposite thing. It means literal and figurative now because of the way people utilize language. So descriptive language, it, it changes over time. The dictionary just explains the word and its use. And you can oftentimes in good dictionaries, you can see how the word has shifted in its use over time. Prescriptive implies a rule book, right? It just implies a rule book. Um, but no, the dictionary is not advising how we use words. Why is this important? You're like, what is he talking about? How is this spiritual? Because I have a question for you. And uh, yeah, I don't usually do this, but let's just see what happens. If I ask this question and just put it out to you and see what answers come back. How do you define the word God? Me. Me? Okay. Spirit. All that is. Everything. Love, seen and unseen, seen and unseen. Powerful. powerful, 
consciousness? First principle. Okay. Now check in with yourself. Because I want you all to, I, I, now, in the quiet of your own mind, I want you to come up with what your answer is to that question. How do you define God? Look at that definition and see if that definition is descriptive or prescriptive. If it's prescriptive, and certainly this is not going to be true for anyone in this room, <laughs> but if it's prescriptive, it may be rooted in some amount of fear-based thinking, as though God is out there having some level of judgment and is going to literally, <laughs> see what I did there? Literally judge us when we make our transition. That's how many people are brought up to think of God, as that it's this judgmental, challenging deity that's put us here on this plane of action to have some kind of experience that may or may not be for our highest expression and experience of life. So we, we, we have feared God, and we have feared the word God long enough. That's what I am here to say today. I have feared the word. I have feared God long enough in my life. I am done with it. I don't need to do it anymore. How about you? Thinking that there is something out there to be feared, like what does that do for us except limit the expression and experience of our life? I was, uh, I was on... <laughs> I was on TikTok. I know, people are like, you, you look at TikTok? I do look at TikTok, yes. Um, there's a lot of really fascinating things that you can learn on TikTok. So I was on TikTok, and there was, a, there was this person who was, who was talking about the nature of traditional religion and uh, was really standing firm in being the challenger of the ideas of traditional religion. And uh, fascinating to watch because, you know, people get stumped if they don't have an answer that is not rooted in fear of God in many traditional religions. It's really fascinating to watch. So um, just... I don't really know why I brought that up, except it came to mind. This is what you get, folks. <laughs> so, if we are living in the fear of God, that's probably because we are carrying with us a prescriptive idea of God. God is a prescribed idea that we must live in fear around. If we are God, if we are the power and the presence, if we are the infinite, if we are that which is, if we are the I am that I am, then the word is simply descriptive, and it is describing what? Us and all that is. And if we truly acknowledge and accept God as our core identity, then we can attribute the attributes of God to ourselves. We can attribute the attributes of God to ourselves. So let me ask you now this, and I'm welcoming open answers, which is not something I usually do, right, Anita? 
It's the Camino has changed me. What are the attributes of God? What are the attributes of God? Love. Love. Peace. Creativity. Wisdom. Justice. Generative. Caring. Possibility. Joy. Truth. Okay, those are lots of great attributes of God. How many of those are you living fully every single moment of your life? That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) And here's the challenge of even putting words around the attributes of God is that we are trying to put into language that which is ineffable and it inherently limits. And we need to start, I think we need to start breaking down the limits to recognize that while we may be represented in that white dot, the wholeness is still a part of who we are. So perhaps the question should be, how do you describe yourself, again, rhetorical? What are your attributes? What are, what, what are the attributes that you bring to this thing called experience and expression of life? Because that description, whatever comes up, whether you call it good or bad, whether you call it constructive or destructive, whatever comes up for you, those are the descriptive aspects of the wholeness. And we are only limited in our expression by our own self-perception. We are only limited in our expression by our own self-perception. The more we expand the limitations we may have in understanding who we are, the more we will freely, openly express. And what my journey has been is a journey to express love. More and more and more and more. Some of you have mentioned that you're following along as I post these things on Instagram every day. I don't know if you know I like social media. Um, But this month, I've been posting these, uh, I've been posting a series of images that go back to 1990. And each image is is a year later. They're mostly, well, they're all images of me because that's the point of the whole thing. And I talk about this person and who they were and how they felt and what they were expressing at this point in their lives. And it's been a journey of opening up to the realization that that which I seek is the very thing that is doing the seeking. And I've been doing it in honor of Pride Month, partially because as an openly gay person, in this world, I am very interested in being, being open about the challenges that I have faced in my life as well. I think that there's an opportunity that others may learn from those challenges. And so that's why I do it. I put myself out there. That's part of what ministry is to me, to live openly and authentically out there all the time. The more freedom we experience through authenticity, the more actively we co-create our lives with the infinite power and presence of which we are 
a part, and the more we can do it in a way that we would like. Why do we come here on a Sunday? Why do we come here on a Sunday? I, you know, I started, I started going to a New Thought Church on a Sunday, a New Thought Spiritual Center on a Sunday, um, because it was inviting me to challenge that belief system, which is why I start every Sunday inviting you to be okay with challenging your own belief system if something butts up against your beliefs. And the more I challenged my belief system, the more I opened up to the realization of that does not work for me. And what I recognized is that belief is what I've used to box myself in. And this is entirely a journey of breaking down the limitations of the boxes we put ourselves in. I had a self-inflicted fear growing up as a gay person. Just for context, I was coming of age, I was having the realization that this is my identity um, in the mid-1980s. Now, do you know what was happening in the mid-1980s in the gay community? HIV and AIDS. The epidemic that was seriously, severely affecting that segment of the population the world population. And so, trying to figure it all out, I basically grew up with the idea that being gay was a death sentence. That was a belief that I began to embody and inhabit, and it made me fear. It made me fear. And as I look back on it now, was that prescriptive or descriptive? And how do I choose to proceed? Yes, it was descriptive of a particular time and experience, but it is not prescriptive to the expression and experience of our lives. It certainly was not for me. How much do we listen to what is out there? How much do we listen to what is out there and make it prescriptive in our lives? Just a question to consider, because more and more, I'm choosing to let that happen for me less and less. Walking 500 miles, you get a lot of time to think. And I really did open up to a lot of places of limitation I was still holding on to fear. One of the places was truly understanding how I feel and how I express and who I am in this world. I still live with the fear in some ways. As, as, as much as I've worked through expressing authentically, there are still places where I hold back. And I imagine that's true for many of us. But what I have found is that if I can open up and break down the limitations of that authenticity and really be okay, first of all, loving who I am, that it is absolutely a safe thing to do because that's why we live in fear. We think it's not going to be safe. So what can you reflect on in your life? Again, rhetorical. What can you reflect on in your life that, has, that you may have made prescriptive in your life? That is the thing that you are holding on to. I call it a core belief. You're holding on to that core belief that is now guiding your life and it may not be guiding your life in the direction that you want. What is something that comes up for you? Reflecting on our lives, 
Reflecting on our lives in a prescriptive manner is a way in which we box ourselves through fear and limitation. And here's the thing. Fear and limitation are degenerative. They are limited. They are going to always hold us back. You know what the opposite of that is? Do you know how we step into a generative, infinite idea? It is through love, through understanding that that is the core of our being. And love is even too limited a word for what I try to express. If I have placed myself in a box, then what I have done is I have placed God in a box. I have limited that in my mind, which is unlimited and infinite. And to what degree am I willing to shed that, to knock down the barriers of that box? So today, the message is this. Take God out of the box. And that is, take yourself out of the box. How do we do that? We are infinite thinkers. We are infinitely creative. I can't tell you how to do it, but there is that within you which knows. To welcome the unknown, to welcome the unknown, we must be willing to release the grip of the known. And that's, you know, I talked last week, and, and I mentioned it last week, I mentioned it before I left, that one of the things I was going to try to start the Camino with was releasing a lot of stuff so I didn't carry a lot with me. Um, and then I joked that, yes, I did release 20 pounds while I was on the Camino, <laughs> which, was, which feels good. Um, but releasing that which I thought I knew to be open to the unknown, and boy, what a journey that was. We all have the capacity to do this in every single moment, to rethink our God self, to rethink in a different direction from a different perspective that which we inherently are, to say, I am more than the limitations I have placed upon myself. Because no one else has done it. We like to think that other people have placed limitations on us. Those limitations only exist in their mind. We're the ones who have placed limitations on our own mind, and those limitations will hold us back until we decide, no more. Get rid of it. I'm done with that. So today, let's break down the box. Let's break down the box. So what do you know? Only in this moment. Rhetorical. This is going to become a joke again, Anita, <laughs> whether it's a rhetorical question or not. Let go of the destination in what you think you need to know. Open up in this moment to be the presence in the present. Let go of the destination. The Camino was an opportunity to know God more deeply from myself by being the experience of God in those circumstances. One of the things that it taught me is that no matter what the Camino provides, you hear that all over the place. All the pilgrims will always say, you start the walk and the Camino provides. And the Camino is simply a metaphor for our lives, the journey of life that we take. And so if we can translate that, can you get behind the idea that no matter what, life provides exactly what is there for you? To do that, 
break down the box of limitation. So how can we put this into practice? Because this philosophy means nothing if we cannot find a way to put it into practice. I have a really great thing that I've used for a really long time, and this was part of my mantra when I was on the Camino. I would make a statement and then ask a question, and it went like this. I know nothing. Now what can I know? I know nothing. Now what can I know? I've been opening up to knowing more about myself and my personal journey through those social media posts. And one of the things that happened, and somebody asked me about it in a comment on one of the posts, um, when I started back with the picture from 1990, and I'm up to 2006 now, when I started with the picture from 1990, I arbitrarily wrote about that person in the third person. And as it continued on and continued on and continued on with every subsequent picture, I kept writing about that, writing in the third person. And part of it was I was distancing myself on some level from the journey of that person because it was a little bit easier, it was a little bit easier pill to swallow for some of the challenges that I talk about. And I got to 2005, 2006, and no, 2006 which I just posted last night because it's my Jesus here. Um, if you want to look at the post, you'll understand what I mean by my Jesus here. I was 33 years old, and I started writing in the first person because that's when I had a resurrection into, the into a deeper understanding of myself. But it was rooted in the willingness to live the question, I know nothing, now what can I know? Let us all decide to live fully. Let us choose, perhaps, to lead with joy. Let us imbue that joy into the circumstances of our lives rather than try to derive it from the circumstances of our lives. This is a beginning to taking God out of the box by taking yourself out of the box. I mean, what if, here's the thing, what if you let go of all the philosophy, everything you have ever learned in class or on a Sunday, you let go of unity, you let go of new thought, you let go of your religious upbringing, if that's part of it, what if you let go of all of it, what would you be left with? What would you be left with if you decided to let it all go? Because it's all limitation. If you let it all go, what I think you would be left with is truth. A revelation of truth that is only understood beyond language. That it is a felt experience. What if you looked for God without a preconception as to what you might find, what might you be left with? Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. I wonder if you can guess what the homework is. So, there is a practice in, in, in other traditions called uh, beginner's mind, and that's what I'm going to invite us all into this week, is to let yourself be in beginner's mind this week. Zen master Suzuki said this, in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities, but in the experts there are few. So this week, to encourage beginner's mind, 
let each day start with and let your mantra throughout the day be, I know nothing, now what can I know? I know nothing, now what can I know? And I will be practicing this myself as I go to the Unity Convention, the Unity National Convention in Kansas City. I leave tonight to head to Kansas City. And uh, I think it's going to be a very good opportunity for me to let go <laughs> and say, I know nothing, now what can I know? And be filled and full. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.